the Broadsides Broadcast Podcast. I am your host, John. And that must make me your co-host, Andrew. Or both co-hosts. That's, That's true. Not, we have equal billing on the show, I think, even though I put my name first. Yeah. That's because I edit it and I feel entitled. But today we're doing a show about uh, traditions. That's right, that's right. So, uh, John, did you have a nice Easter? I did. I went to uh, my girlfriend's family is, is Catholic. Okay. And I am not. But right. That's okay. I went to Mass with her family for Easter. Okay, so did you partake in any Easter traditions? I didn't take communion, because that's a big no-no when yes. you're not when you're a Protestant in the Catholic Church. Yes. I instead went up with my arms crossed like a water slide. Yeah. You know, and, and, he, and, he, and he did one of those... Did the little uh, hand to the head move? Yeah, hand to the head, and said he was kind of annoyed actually because there were not a non there were a lot of non Catholics. Oh yes, at the church that day, he so, was like, oh, "Here comes another one. Yeah, here so comes another water slider." Exactly. Fair so, enough. Well, that's what we did. It was fun. We spent, had a dinner with her family. Good, good. Yeah. So, how about did you have a nice ding, uh, nice uh, dingus day? Dingus Day, that's the Monday after, isn't it? That's right. I'm actually impressed that you, I figured you wouldn't have known what Dingus Day is. That's because I heard it on. An episode of my brother, my brother and me. That's right. That's talking right. About it. That's true. So it's uh, Dingus Day, also known as Schmigus Dingus Day. Schmigus Dingus. Schmigus. Schmigus. Dingus. One more time, real slow. Schmigus Dingus. What is that like German? It's uh, Eastern European. It's a uh, Slavic, and uh, it's also known as Water Monday or Wet Monday. Wet Monday. Wet Monday. That's yeah. right. Uh, so the idea of the tradition is that you get girls <laughs> wet? wet. It's like a wet t-shirt contest? <laughs> um, yeah, you splash them with water. Sometimes you even like throw them in a pond. You like fully submerge them. Okay, so it's not like spring break with super soakers. And... Uh, it has become that now, but it had a more, I guess you could say sinister. Sinister as far as the woman is concerned of just like grabbing the girl right out of her bed that Monday morning and tossing her into a pond. That was almost sexy. It, right. It, and, until the pond until came into the, play. Right, right. Until you dunked her in water. It's almost like a baptism. <laughs> yes, and that is actually, you know, there's there's um, very close ties to the, the rejuvenation of baptism in the water and the kind of cleansing of the spirit. Uh, it also has pagan origins in, you know, spring fertility and the spring rains and all of that. Okay, why does it have a stupid name, though? Uh, I guess it's just stupid sounding to me and you because it's um, of Slavic origin. It's also uh, uh, you know, a very popular holiday in Poland. Now, um, in the Slavic countries um, like Czechoslovakia and, and other, many other countries in Eastern and Central Europe, besides the water, there is also the use of a willow whip uh, that boys use to go around. Well, like, a, like a wooden switch? A switch, yeah. I guess you're right. It's yes. like a whooping switch. Yeah, yeah. Now attached to the switch is ribbons, so you really you're hitting the girl with the ribbons. Okay, you're not like wailing on her with a stick. Um, some of the reports, I, I, uh, some of the articles I read on this do state that it could be painful. We're getting back to sexy a little bit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's depending on the girl, uh, depending on the guy, I guess too. Um, so the guy goes around and he tries to switch as many girls as possible, and for each girl that he switches. He can add a ribbon to the end of his willow. And so, you know, they go around uh, whipping different girls, and the girl can get out of it if she gives the boy uh, a painted egg or a chocolate egg, or if it's an adult guy, um, a uh, spirit, spirituous drink or a, uh, you know, a, an alcoholic beverage. Okay, so you gotta either have a 12 pack of eggs. Or, or a twelve pack, a carton of eggs, or a carton of beer. Basically. That's right. Uh, yes, to keep yourself safe. I would just stay inside. That sounds awful. Yeah, and so in fact, a lot of um, some of these women who don't enjoy the holiday get out of the area for that day. They purposely leave. Yeah, take a vacation. Yes. Yeah. There's there's plenty of women who do take a, a, a vacation with that. So so if, if all the women like leave town for the weekend, just a bunch of dudes walking around with sticks looking for someone to beat. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, some of the girls do enjoy it because they say that the more a girl gets dunked or the more a girl gets switched, the more attractive she is. So I think guys are actively going out there and looking for the prettiest girls to, to hit with their okay, stick. Okay, so, so someone whacks you across the face with a stick, he, he thinks you're attractive. Yes. It's interesting. It sounds weird 
to us from our American upbringing, but you know, who's to argue that some guy in Slovakia is not really enjoying the holiday? But really, none uh, of, uh, uh, I'm sure the men love it. <laughs> I'm sure the men in Slovakia love it, Andrew. And That's I, not the issue, though. I don't think I found a single report by a woman that enjoyed it, to be completely honest. But I cannot wait. Wait. Wait for Dingus Day. Yeah. No, Super I, stoked. There may not be too many women out there that enjoy Dingus Day. So that's, so, so that's Dingus Day. That's, that's Dingus Day. Okay. That's right. That's, that's, right. A, that's a weird one. It is a bit of a weird one. I agree. Okay. But is it any more weird than us eating um, chocolate eggs on Easter? The egg shape is a little strange. Right. Uh, chocolate is, is pretty normal, though. No, that's true. Getting Getting forcibly dunked and whipped is a little less innocuous than... Right. Eating a chocolate egg. Right. I'm totally okay with the holiday because I'm a man. <laughs> so, so and no I'm, one's going to switch you. No, I'm not getting switched. So yeah, to think of it from a woman's perspective, it, it definitely does not sound like the most enjoyable of uh, holidays. I suppose not. No. I, I, I'd be one of the women like on the train That's skipping right. that one. That's right. I have kind of a weird tradition for you. It's not quite... Easter related? It's not Easter okay. related at all, actually. I'm, uh-huh. I'm actually, I'm pretty sure the people who do the tradition I want to talk about have never celebrated Easter. Because this tradition is done by the Satier Mawe tribe. I think I'm saying that right? Satier Mawe? Okay. They are a tribe in the Brazilian Amazon. Mm-hmm. They don't have much contact with outsiders, so it's still very much a tribal society. Right. Uh, not a lot of, they don't wear t-shirts, is what I'm trying to say. They're very, it, it's a tribal thing. That's right. There's about 10,000 people in this tribe. So it's a pretty pretty good-sized tribe. Sizable. Size of a small town. Yeah. 10,000, you know. And a fun thing about them, this is the fun fact, before we get into the horrifying tradition, uh-huh. is they were the first tribe to cultivate the garana plant. Garana? It's like a mild a mild stimulant that you... Okay. Uh, like a leaf that you chew. Huh. Uh, something akin to the cocoa leaf. A little bit, yeah. Okay. It's a stimulant that you chew, I believe. I see. Now, their horrifying tradition, it's actually a coming-of-age ceremony. It's Okay. Do you, Andrew, do you think you're a man? Would you call yourself a man? Yes. You're a man. By this point. If you went to the Satier Mawe tribe, yes. you wouldn't be a man. No. Much less a warrior. Uh-oh. You'd be a boy. Because you haven't undergone the rite of passage to become a man or a warrior. And that is the bullet ant trial. That's not the proper name for it. Right. It translates. Yeah. Bullet ant. So what is a bullet ant? Do you... A bullet ant? I, I mean, switch, switch my bullet ant, ant page here. Here we go. The proper name is Paraponera clavata. They are big old black ants, about 0.7 to 1.2 inches long. They're big suckers. That's a big ant. They're big suckers. They're also... Not the, so much big suckers as big, big bite, stingers. Big stingers. Okay. Speaking of the sting. Yeah. Their sting is one of the most painful things that an animal can really do to you. Mm. It's it's pretty bad. That's why they're called the bullet ant. Because yeah. people who have been bitten, been stung by them, describe it as akin to being shot by a bullet. Oof. And it, it's pretty nasty. It's also called the lesser giant hunting ant. The lesser? So is there a greater giant God, I hope not. Ant? I really hope not. <laughs> There's. It's also called the 24-hour ant. Because it hurts like a bitch for 24 hours? It's that stinging, burning pain, like a gunshot for 24 hours. Yeah, that sucks. Now, the ritual that they do is... Now, let me interrupt real quick. Go. I got bit, stung, sucked by a mosquito last night. Okay. And I'm still itching a little bit, so it's been almost 24 hours. Um, It's it's mildly uncomfortable. Stung by the elusive 24-hour mosquito. Right, right. So uh, to, to imagine this itching, uncomfortable feeling that I have uh, and equate it to a bullet shot for 24 hours. Uh, it sounds pretty unpleasant. Unfortunately, I don't have any here in my apartment. So I can, we like, could do a little experiment. Yeah. Like, yeah. Andrew, does this feel like a gunshot? I'm going to say thank God to that. But at the same time, <laughs> it would have been cool because finally I could have called myself a man. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, you can only call yourself a man and a warrior. If you took a bunch of these ants... Oh, not just one? A bunch. Oh, God. Sedated them. How do you sedate a bullet ant? You dip them in a natural sedative that the witch doctor makes for you, or the medicine man, the shaman of the tribe. Okay. He makes a little potion. Yeah. And you take these bullet ants that you've you, gathered... They don't, like, lullaby them to sleep? No, you... Sing sweetly to them? No, you dip them in drugs. Huh. And it sedates them, and that allows you to weave these sedated ants 
into a glove, into a woven like mitt. So I imagine they're kind of pissed off by the time they come to. When they wake up, they are very upset because they're woven into the fabric. Right. They just got of, real high, and then glove. they wake up and they're tied to some glove. You get two gloves, both with these horrible ants inside of them, and you take a young man, a boy who wants to become a man and a warrior, and that and usually it, happens when they're when they reach the age of sexual maturity. Okay, so it depends on the boy. Thirteen, fourteen. Yeah, around there. Depends on on your own. I was more like like twelve, thirteen. Okay, when I started getting furry down there. Yeah, I don't even remember. No, I, I've oh, it, was, it was a big deal for me. I think I've blocked it out of my no, memory. I, I, I ran into the living room. You like, said, showed hey, everyone. Check this out. Yeah, I was. I super, finally got one coming super, in. Super proud. Sitting there combing it. Yeah. <laughs> so they take these gloves and they put them on the potential man's hands. Ah, oh, two, two of them at the time. Two of them. On the hands. Man. And they bite the boy's hands. Right. Badly. And they have to keep these gloves on for ten minutes. For ten minutes. I imagine after a point you go numb to the pain. I I imagine so, but no, I'm not sure there's an upper limit on the amount of pain a person can feel. I believe there is. Is there? At a certain point, I mean, at, definitely at a certain point you reach shock, where your body goes into complete shock, but... Well, we'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> so, what do you think you do while you have these these ant mitts on your hands? I'm for 10 assuming minutes? you dance around in pain and howl at the moon. Well, you're very close. You dance. Oh. The, the tribe leaders, the tribe elders, lead the initiates in a dance and oh, a dance and song okay. to keep their mind off the pain. So you have to dance and and sing. Huh? While these ants are biting the ever loving shit out of your hands. After that happens, the boy's arms and hands are paralyzed. Right. They can't move them. Yeah. For several days. Man, and right after you hit puberty, that's like the perfect time for baiting, and then all of a sudden that's true. They're paralyzed. They can't do anything. That's why they do it It, (laughs) to prevent the (laughs) baiting. Keep your hands off yourself for a little bit. The boy may also shake uncontrollably. For several days. That's that shock you were talking about. Okay. So you got the shakes for several days, and that could be coupled with powerful hallucinations. Oh, man. Which, I guess if you start hallucinating, you've, you've probably earned it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'd say so. I imagine it can't be a fun hallucination. It's not like no, probably taking not. mushrooms in college. Right. A little more intense than that. Now, there is a certain amount of protection that is, 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 uh, is applied to your hands before you put them into these gloves. Hazard a guess as to what they might protect you with. More drugs? Charcoal. Charcoal? Charcoal. They coat your hands in charcoal to confuse the ants. Huh. So you have angry, pissed off, confused ants biting your hands. Is this hot charcoal? I guess just like a charcoal, just like charcoal powder. I mentioned like a a, a burned stick, like how you make charcoal for art, like a a charred stick, and then you rub it on your hands. Okay. To confuse the ants. Right. It doesn't sound like that would offer much protection pain-wise, though. No. No. And I don't a, think so. Is a confused ant just going to, like, bite you more? I don't know. I don't know what the charcoal's for. Yeah. It just says they apply it for protection. Okay. I'm not sure if it's, like, a literal protective thing or right. just something like... Some kind of cultural... Hoping. Yeah. After you do the ceremony, Andrew, mm-hmm. are you a man? I hope to God, yes. If it's your first time doing it, then no. Oh, no, John. You're not. John, how many times? This has to be done 20 times. Lord of mercy. 20 times, 10 minutes each. And what I was wondering is, this is a remote tribe. Right. They don't have watches. They don't have stopwatches. So I I have to imagine this 10 minutes is more of a guesstimation. Right. Well, maybe they know how long the song takes. Yes. But then again, what if you're... Chief is kind of slow that day. Yeah. And this is more of a 12-minute song. Right, right, right. I would hope that they would shy shorter than 10, but I guess that's just me hoping. So you do that 20 times. Oh, man. And finally, Andrew, finally, finally. you're a warrior. All right. Man, I had hard times with puberty here in America. <laughs> I could not imagine it with the uh, the tribe down there in the Amazon. The Satere Mawe, I think. I think I'm saying that right. Yeah, I don't, I'm I, not an expert in anything. If we have anybody who's from the Satere Mawe tribe, we want a picture um, of your hands. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And uh, please send in the uh, correct pronunciation there. And if you can get us an ant, that'd be great. Send yeah, us just, an ant. Just uh, yeah, keep it in a little box. Give it yeah. some grass. 
Yeah. Whatever ants eat. Did they eat grass? I think they... I th- I they think, eat humans? <laughs> oh, something that uh, I read while I was researching these ants mm-hmm. is in the article... It was describing the sting and how painful it is. Right. And at the end of the article, it says, this is considered an effective deterrent against predators. And I was like, I fucking hope so. Yeah. Yeah, I would hope it would be effective. <laughs> if anything gets hit by a bullet, it's going to stop yeah. whatever it's doing. So that's that particular initiation ritual. And it sounds god-awful. It really does. Now, John, there's probably something that we should have addressed at first. And that is, you know, what is a tradition? So what... What are our coming-of-age traditions in America as far as being a man? Oh, the first Getting... time you get, like, a Hustler magazine. Yeah. Uh, I found one of my neighbor's trash when I was about 14. What were you doing in your neighbor's trash? I was trash picking. This <laughs> is just stuff they do on the east coast of Florida. You, you, you didn't trash pick when you were a kid? <laughs> no. No, bulk pickup there. They put all the cool stuff outside. I got, oh. I got a surfboard that way. I got a... Uh, some porn, some sticky porn. Yeah. I got uh, oh, all sorts of cool stuff. What a collection of things. Oh, yeah. My mom hated it. I can bring, imagine. Bring home some trash that right. I wanted to keep. Hopefully she didn't know about the hustler. No, I actually hid that under the deck in the backyard. So you were reading your porn outside? No. Well, my parents would go out, you know, for whatever. Right. And I'd go in the backyard and pull out my sticky hustler. Man. From the, from the patio. Did your parents ever, like, wonder why was the dog, like, sniffing around at the patio so often? It wasn't, no. The dog didn't, couldn't, like, pick up on that? Like, no. this is where John goes for his happy fun time no, the dog, and then locks me out of his bedroom? No, the dog couldn't smell smut. Well, it wasn't a you, smut you'd hand. be surprised at what dogs can smell. Especially if, like, you're using it in, like, a very intimate... No, it wasn't, it wasn't sticky because I had made it sticky. I That's see. not what I'm saying. I'm Fair saying enough. it was sticky when I found it. <laughs> and being 14, I made the conscious decision to keep it anyway. Of course. Well, when we're all 14, we, we make those decisions. Well, John, I made sure to go to your favorite dictionary, the Oxford Dictionary. I'm more of a Merriam-Webster guy. You were bashing me last time for using Cambridge. Yeah. Miriam, oh God. Okay. Well, I promise by the next episode I'll, I'll go to your 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 for sure preferred. Uh, I could have sworn it was Oxford though. But uh, tradition is the transmission of customs or beliefs from generation to generation, or the fact of being passed on in this way. So really, a tradition can be anything that our parents did that then we now do. Are there any uh, traditions that are specific to your family? I mean, I was trying to think about that on the way here, and really, no, besides just sitting around, you know, every holiday we sit around, we always have big meals, um, and there's, you know, there's uh, five boys plus my my parents, and uh, uh, it's usually just bashing each other. There's a lot of, uh, it's pretty much like a roast. Okay. So I guess you could... shite family roast? Yeah, I guess that's our tradition. Thanksgiving, of course, we have the ubiquitous uh, football game after the backyard football game. That's not it's not ubiquitous in my family. No football. Yeah. No, we have a pool back there. You get hurt. Oh, well, you could do it. <laughs> pool style uh, polo. Polo. Uh, yeah, water polo. That's, that's kind of like water football. Yeah, but after thinking of you digging through the trash, that just doesn't sound like a sport. That no, my porn is right around the corner. <laughs> You gotta, you don't want to splash gotta, it. Got to keep the cousins away from the porn. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, I, I would say water polo though is like a you know, I think of it as the same as like horse polo. Okay. People who play any kind of polo to me are very snotty. Yeah. Don't you think? Not I, snotty. Maybe that's not the right word. I feel like polo, you have to make quite a bit of investment, right, to have your own gear because it involves yeah. a horse, right. Water polo seems a little more. Uh, yeah, but you need a pool. I never had a pool. Yeah, but you like most neighborhoods in Florida have a pool. Yeah, we can look out my window from my apartment and see a pool. I thought that was a pond. The the, the pool is next to oh, the beyond pond. beyond yeah, the pond. Beyond the pond. <laughs> so you don't just use the pond as your pool. Oh, I don't want to go in. There's alligators. Yeah. There's a sign actually by the by the pond that says. You could teach do an alligator swim. how to play a polo. Oh, you could do like horse polo. Except water polo with an alligator. You go ahead. You mount an alligator. You go ahead. Find yourself a stable of alligators and get and get one that'll. Let I you think mount alligators it. are feared and hated more than they deserve. I, I don't fear alligators as long as, as long as you know how to deal with them. Right. They're pretty. Yeah. Chill. Just don't mess with them. Here's the thing. You don't want to go into the water in like July, June, July, which is coming up. That's that's alligator mating season. Ah, uh, so they'll. And they get very ornery. Ornery as in angry. It's angry. not ornery like hornery. 
Both. Okay. Both. They, yeah. get, they get very territorial. I know a few guys like that. Yeah. Frat boys. Yeah. Should we move on to another one? Sure. Let's see what else we've got. I've got the Austrian uh, finger pulling game. Finger pulling? Finger pulling. Andrew, pull my finger. I don't know why it's supposed to make you fart. Uh, you yeah. Just, you just cracked my knuckle. I wonder where that did. You know, that that one will be one we'll have. So, so the whole uh, point of finger to create a fart is different uh, here than it is in Bavaria and in Austria, where it's actually a sport. It's farting, called, farting is a sport? No, no, pulling a finger. Okay. It's called finger hawking. Finger hawking. Finger hawking. I love that. And this is this is great to me, John, because in America, guys fighting over a girl, you know, alligators fighting over a girl. It's all the same. They they bellow at each other. They might get into a skerfluffle. Uh, but in uh, Austria, hold on, hold on, roll that back. A what now? A skerfluffle. A skerfluffle. Yeah, kerfluffle. A kerfluffle. Kerfluffle. Skerfluffle. Are you sure it's not skerfluffle? I'm sure it's not skerfluffle. Well, it's, it's kerfluffle. Skirmish. Skirmish. Kerfluffle. Skerfuffle. I just, just go. hybridized the word. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, finger hawking. Uh, it's where two contestants, they're usually men, they uh, sit on the opposite sides of this large table. They put their middle finger into uh, leather loops and they try to pull each other across the table. And it really originated as a way of settling a local dispute. So, if you were in love with the same girl, you would show your middle finger to the other guy in a way saying, Hey, let's do a finger duel. Pull my finger. Look how strong my finger looks. Look at that. That yeah. bad boy. Yeah, yeah. So it's like the bar equivalent of tug of war? Yes. So you sit around, you got your darts board, you got your pool table, you got your finger pulling. You got your finger pulling table. So, you know, you're at one side of the table, the other guy's at the other side of the table. You put your middle finger through this leather strap. Those two straps are attached by a rope. The ref goes, go, or whatever it is in German, and you try to pull the other guy across the, across the entire table. With just your middle finger. So they practice for weeks before these these duels or whatever, if you will, uh, just working out their middle finger. Finger building exercises? Yes. Yeah. There's stories of guys like lifting 50-pound weights with just their finger. <laughs> um, it's uh, Yeah, it's uh, pretty interesting. See, it only takes one of those exercises going wrong for your finger to be irrevocably ruined. Yes. Now, I have a question for you. Yes. Did you bring a leather strap so we could uh, so we could play this fun game? I did not. Uh, I didn't think of that. And okay. honestly, I don't know where you'd get a leather. I don't know like, where leather straps are sold at. You can get lengths of leather from like leather from like Michaels or okay. Joanne's Fabrics or yeah. Hobby Lobby. I guess, needless to say, leather is not something that's usually in my shopping list. No. No. It's not one of my. Yeah, do arts and crafts. Yeah. No, and I'm also not into like bondage and. No. That's the only time I ever think of leather is with leather? bondage. Leather? Bondage? Yeah. Use your mind on the gutter. Well, I think leather, I think of like, oh, I'm going to wrap something in leather cord and make a nice little leather-wrapped wooden carving. Wooden carving for? Well, this one I have here is an owl I was making for my girlfriend. A little leather okay. owl. A little wooden owl, rather. See, all I can think about and, is... And um, I had my little boat. I showed you my little, my little yeah. wooden boat. And there's leather involved with that? Uh, no, I used canvas for the sail. Okay. I like uh, I like carving. I guess my mind it just is in the gutter. Yeah, I mainly went to sex. I went to like crafts. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. That's actually um yeah. I mean that's about it. Uh, you know that's an interesting thing about these traditions is there it really isn't a whole lot of substantial evidence. These are things that are just passed on from one person to the next, one family to the next, one and it's hard, community to and, the next. And it's hard to find sources for where these things started. The origins. You're right. It's just something. In your culture, you accept as normal. Right. Like, if I was in that tribe in the Amazon, and I was 14, and I said, okay, it's time to stick your hand in a glove full of ants. Right. It's time to go through the ant Gamjabar. Wait, what's would... a Gamjabar? Gamjabar? Yeah. You haven't read Dune? No. I'll let you borrow it. Okay. But you put your hand in this box, and it hurts. Oh, and right. And if you take your hand out, you get stabbed in the neck with a needle, and you die. To become a man? To become a human. Oh. I'll let you borrow Dune. Yeah. But yeah, if that happened to me, I would just accept it as, a, okay, it's my time it's to do that. that time. Yeah. Right, right. It's really weird. Yeah. Like, when it was t- finally time for me to lose my virginity, it was like, well, I'm terrified of this. I don't want to do it, but it's my time. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do it. I'm scared. Oh, God. This is awful. <laughs> I don't want to put a piece of me inside of that thing. It may hurt me. It may sting me. I don't know what happens. That thing is usually a person. Well, yes, I know. I'm, I, well, I was trying to equate it to the glove, but you're okay. right. You're right. In this case, it was a lovely woman that 
wasn't that, wasn't full of ants. That she was not full of ants, but I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> you, you could have intuited it. You could have. No, you got to remember, I'm Catholic, so I don't. I I never learned about sex full before. Of I had wire it. and salt. I had no one told me. No one ever told me what it would be like. I just you had, had to go out and do it. You had five brothers. How yeah, but not? the shite boys, that's something we don't do. We're very we chaste talk bunch, about. very chaste bunch. Oh, I wouldn't say we're chaste at all, but we just don't talk. Well, at the, you know what? Honestly, at this age, we, we do make crude jokes about it, but there was never any, any sex talks amongst my family. You and your brother should do a podcast. You call it My Brother, My Brother, My Brother, My Brother, and me. Yeah. I don't know. There might be some licensing issues, but I like that. I two, do like that. Two up those chumps. That's right. Yeah. Well, Andrew, uh, let's take a little break. That sounds We're great. We're recording about half an hour now. Let's take a little break, and we'll get back to you after this message from our sponsors. Excellent. And we're back. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. John, in our previous segment, I talked about the fear of losing my virginity. Yeah, that's a weird one. Yeah, and I agree. It was, you know, a little bit overstated on my part. I agree. But if I lived in Japan, I would have a legitimate reason to fear vaginas. Yeah? Yes. John, have you ever heard of the Japanese penis festival? Does that involve a weird kind of vending machine? Um, may have... No, they, it's usually handcrafted penises, so they're not what? fine vending Hold machines. on. Let's <laughs> that's, that's, that's rewind okay. back a little bit. So, um, I call it the penis festival. It's In Japan, it's known as... Kanamera Matsuri, or the Festival of the Steel Phallus. Is that a, a literal translation? Yes. The Festival of the Steel Phallus is the, the literal translation. It's uh, held each spring at the Kanayama sh- Shrine in Kawasaki, Japan. and Kawasaki? Yes. That's the, uh, it's the motorcycle company. That's correct. So the same people who brought you those, those lovely motorcycles. That's also why, bring you the Steel Phallus Festival. That's right. It's why they call it a crotch rocket, I imagine. Oh, <laughs> that, that, that has to be true. Yes. That has to be true. Yes. That's why they call it crotch rocket. That's the the Steel Phallus. The Steel Phallus. It is a Steel Phallus yeah. that you're driving. And it makes you look like a phallus when you're driving one, in oh, my opinion. Yeah. Like, whenever then, I see one of those little crotch rockets speed out in front of me, yep. I always think, if I have to watch you die, yeah. I'm going to be so pissed off. That's right. That's right. And they've always got those stupid jackets on. I had one guy actually... Uh, when we were going to college at Florida Gulf Coast University in Southwest Florida, where it gets really hot. Very hot. There was this one guy who just had to show up to class in his racing jacket, and he, and he would bring his helmet and sit his helmet down at the at the table, because it was a, in a chemistry class. So he'd take up like half the, de- the table with his helmet, and he'd like take off his jacket. He couldn't put the helmet under his seat? No, well, he wanted to show all, He wanted to make sure that everybody knew that he was riding a steel phallus. A steel phallus. A, yes. a Kawasaki. A Kawasaki. The reason they wear those jackets, though, it's not just for show. Like, sure, they look cool, but yes. it's also because if you eat shit on your bike, so you don't get all all messed up on the road. Yeah, it's no, a, of course. Kind of like, you know when we play D&D, the, the basic level one characters mostly have leather armor? Right. It's the same thing. Yes, John, I definitely agree with you there. It's it's a layer of protection. But at the same time, I mean, I could just as easily, well, maybe not just as easily. Well, yeah, I could just as easily be ejected from my car if I drove like an asshole, like someone on a crotch rocket does. Usually if you're wearing your seatbelt, you're in there pretty good. That's true. I just, I don't want to justify a guy driving like an asshole. I feel like the only reason you need to wear leather armor when you're on a motorcycle is if you're going to be driving like an asshole. I, 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 yes I, I no. suppose at the same time, if you're on a motorcycle, other people are also assholes. This is true. So I, I can see it both ways. You want people to realize, oh, this guy drives a motorcycle. Look at that mm-hmm. fancy-ass jacket and that big-ass helmet. Right. But at the same time, like I, I drive a motorcycle because it's, it's economical, because I can't afford a car, because I like the wind in my hair on okay. my helmet. You know, you can tell I've got some gripes against people who drive. You motorcycles. don't like motorcycles. No, I don't know. You why. don't like bikers. I guess I should. No, somebody, I should... somebody stole your girl. <laughs> I should let that judgment pass, huh? Okay, well, let's get back to the uh, the old uh, festival of the steel phallus. Yes. So, as you can imagine, the penis is is a central theme of the event, and it's uh, uh, they make lollipop penises. They make um, uh, cucumber shaped penises. They make wood carving penises. It sounds like a bachelorette party. Um, yes. Yeah, it definitely looks like one. So they even have a parade with a very large penis that's kind of carried around on a 
palaquin. Okay. Funeral, or kind yeah, of... where it's kind of like uh, if you're a pallbearer at a, a pallbearer at a funeral. Right. Except instead of carrying the casket of a loved one, you're just carrying around this giant and giant penis. And in the only pictures I've seen, it was a large pink penis. About I, I have a funny pallbearing story. Okay. Last year, I was a pallbearer at my grandmother's funeral. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Well, thank you, but you know, it's okay. <laughs> I think that's the, the the thing you should say. Yeah, it was, it was a little bit ago. I was on one side of the coffin, along mm-hmm. with my uncle Mark, who both me and my uncle Mark are probably the smallest, weakest members of the uh, Rogue Clan. They, they didn't so divvy you guys up. So, and my dad and his other brother Gary are the are the stronger fellas in the family. Okay, so. We pick up this casket, and it is very they're, clearly at a 45-degree angle. And they're heavier than they look. I mean, they're heavy, aren't they? They're, they're heavy. Oh, a, a human person is a heavy thing. Yeah. On top of a box, a right. big box to fit that person in. Right. It's a heavy thing. So, thankfully, my future brother-in-law, my, the person who is now my brother-in-law, sort of saw what was happening. Yeah. And ran up and helped us. Oh, that's great. Stop the, the casket from yeah. falling over. Saves the day. It was very nice. Saved Grandma. Yeah, I, I love Matt. Yeah, he's great. Well, that's good. I'm glad you were able to get out of that situation without dropping yeah, no, Grandma. Without no, dropping Grandma on the lawn. Yeah. Did she have a sense of humor? <laughs> I'm going to take that long pause as a no. She, and so she, thank God she, you she did it. She did? She was from a different time? Right. It's a different right. kind of sense of humor. Because, you know, when my uncle passed away, um, I wasn't a pallbearer, but he had a great sense of humor and he liked to party. Honestly, I could see him, like, kind of enjoying getting out one last time to, like, frolic around, if you will. Terrify. (laughs) Terrify. All the the grieving (laughs) family members. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I I don't think she would have enjoyed that. No, no, that's fair. Let's go back to something a little bit more serious. Uh, Penis festivals. Hold Um, on, we were were just talking about my grandmother's funeral. (laughs) Let's get back to something a little more serious. (laughs) A little less slapstick than, right. than a loved hey, one's burial. John, this is a serious Japanese tradition. Not, let's not like make light of their traditional penis festival. Okay, okay tell me more about it. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm getting a little... <laughs> How did this penis festival start, you might ask? Somebody, Somebody was curious. very proud of what they had. Uh, actually, well, no. So it was, it was a demon. A demon was trying to get with this woman, and she spurned him. And so the demon occupied or um, uh, uh, this demon possessed her vagina and filled her vagina with sharp teeth. Oh, God. Now, again, John, I was terrified of women. So I, you know, if I grew up in Japan hearing about this legend of this demon that that possessed a woman's vagina. That's a pretty common um, myth. Vagina dentata is what it's called. Okay. Like dentata as in like dental, like teeth, teeth teeth and vagina. So that is uh, this case where this woman's vagina suddenly had teeth. Um, She got married and then when it was come time to consummate the marriage, chomp, demon bit off the man's penis. Bummer. Real bummer for him. Yeah. But get it. She must have been hot as balls because the next guy, he decides to get married to her too, tries to consummate that marriage, happened twice. Two guys (laughs) had their penises removed by her vagina. So after the second marriage went awry, to say the least, uh, she finally decides, all right, it's time to outsmart this demon. And so she has the local blacksmith forge a steel penis for her new husband. And uh, so when he goes in, demon breaks all of his teeth and decides, all right, that's it, I'm out. So he wore like this this metal condom? I, I want to say it was more like a Army of Darkness style, like steel dick strapped to him because his penis was bitten off so he didn't have anything to put it on so he had like a surrogate yeah 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 oh steel yeah but you can't like it's not whatever so you think you've got like you're you're permanently torqued the whole time i guess probably it doesn't like feel good though like like rubbing up against your nub no your your penis nub no i can't imagine they didn't really go into too much detail about how he felt. Thank really God. It. Yeah, thank God for that. So either way, this whole legend then accumulated into the Festival of the Steel Phallus that they have today. Um, kind of in honor of the male member. Yeah. It, it, it's, a, it's a glorious, grand thing <sighs> that, that we carry with us. Yeah, at times I'd agree. The other day, Cooley, she wanted to like, like, like pat me on the leg. Uh-huh. Like... Right, good boy. A little, a little pat on the leg? Yeah. She was just a few inches to the left oh. and triple tapped me. Oh. Right in the sack. Yeah. That's... And I folded like a lawn chair. Yeah. 
Yeah, for something that we think possesses so much strength, it's actually pretty weak, isn't it? It's very sensitive. It's yeah. a very sensitive part of the body. Right, right. And it's kind of what makes us a man. It makes us tough. It makes us strong. I think it's just, but when you get hit there, it doesn't hurt there. It's like crippling it, stomach pain. It goes through your whole body. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the polar opposite of ASMR. It is, yeah, it is uniquely unpleasant. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's just tingles of pain. So that's the penis festival. So that's the penis festival. They just celebrate it by looking at penises, enjoying penises, buying penises, and yeah. Okay. I mean, again, strange to us and our and our upbringing in American culture, but um, you got to. Th- I mean, there are numerous photos, and I encourage anyone who's interested in looking at photos of Japanese girls licking um, penis lollipops. Uh, there's numerous photos of. There's definitely a demographic for that. That's right. I mean, I'm sure there's images of the guys there too licking the penis lollipops. They do have vagina lollipops as well, in case you're not into the whole penis pop. That seems less intuitive than a penis pop because a penis pop is already shaped that way. A vagina pop, you got to make like a portrait of it. Yeah. And put yeah. it onto the stick. And really, when I was looking at the lo- the vagina lollipops, I didn't think they looked all that. I would almost rather go with the penis pop. The thing with Asian porn. Mm-hmm. Asian porn, Andrew. If you ever watched your fair share of Asian porn, plead the fifth. At, at least in Japan, <laughs> those women—it's—it's um, it's a hairy situation, Andrew. I see what you're going there. Yes, right. Is that included Maybe, on the pop? No, there was no pubic hairs on the pop. Okay, saw. right. Right. And that's a whole other thing that we could go into tr- as far as traditions and in hygiene. I mean, maybe that is more of a custom. Um, you know, that's kind of a good question of what is a custom, what's what's a tradition. Now, of course, this is just coming from me, a very not a non-expert. To me, a tradition is something that kind of revolves around a certain holiday, a certain time, a certain event is a tradition, whereas a custom is more customary, something that's every day. Okay. Um, so shaving your lower body, shaving your armpits even, you know, they, they there's the... That's I'm more of a custom than a tradition. In my opinion. Now, in, here in the States, mm-hmm. a young man, 16, 17, 18, whatever, getting his first set of wheels. Yes. Is that a custom or a tradition? I would say that's a tradition. That's like part of the tradition of be- almost like, like the glove. It's like a rite of passage, yeah. Yeah, with, with, with less ants. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hopefully. Hopefully. Do you remember right. your first car? Uh, yes, it was my mom's uh, Saturn Ion, which she just sold. Um, just now, just like a month ago. So you're 26. I, so 10 years ago, I was driving her Saturn Ion. Uh, so I mean, it speaks of uh, the quality of the uh, old Saturn Ion. If you're uh, in the car market, if you want to use Saturn, that's right. Go for the Ion. That's it. My oh. my first car was a '97 Toyota Corolla. Okay. And I had. I bet that you treated it like a baby, didn't you? Like John? a baby, it had. You did. I, I bought it from a little Middle Eastern fella. Okay. And it had light Was up. he little? How little? He was he was a short man. Okay. He was shorter than me, and I'm like five six. Yes. I'm a short guy. Yeah. So. It had light up hubcaps. Ooh, fancy. If you went over forty five miles an hour, they lit up like the American flag. Oh, that is too cool. Super cool. And it had a trailer hitch. Yeah, you immediately became a man when you started driving that car. Yeah, my, my 97 was... four-cylinder Corolla had a trailer hitch <laughs> and American flag light-up hubcats. It was great. And I, I kind of leaned into it a little bit because I decided I, I found, as I was trash picking, I told you I'm, I'm a trash picker. Right. I was. Please tell me you found. I found a old portable television. From yeah. like the 80s. Right. That ran on D batteries. Excellent. And I put it in between the two the two front seats so people on the back could watch. It only got like Fox 4 and Telemundo. Okay. So you could watch WWE. Oh man, that's all you need in the back of a Toyota Corolla yeah. with yeah. light up rims. Now, I did kill that car. Oh boy. I died. Your first car, you killed it? I in, in like less than a year, I killed that car. Yeah. And with a Corolla, with a Toyota Corolla, fine company. Right. You, re- you really got to try to kill, kill that it. car. You, you really went out of your way with this yeah. one. And it was because of a girl. Oh, wow. A girl I had a crush on uh-huh. lived in this neighborhood uh, not far from her high school. And one day, it was raining quite heavily after school. Right. So I thought... You know what? I know which way she walks to go home. I'm going to act like I'm just driving that way and offer her her ride that's, to, to that, her home. That's either very creepy or very romantic. And I, and, and me knowing you, John, I know that is very romantic. Very creepy. But it, it, 
So I'm driving along and I can't find her. I can't yeah. find her. And I right. have some of my other friends in the car that I drive home <laughs> from high school every day. Like, we're taking a quick detour through this neighborhood. Oh, man. And Did like, they not question you at all? They, they kind of asked, is, it, is this about the girl? This like, is for yeah. Bethany, isn't it, John? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking for her. I'm like, I can't find her. So we're heading back. And this neighborhood had these little roundabouts. Yep. Well, like, instead little of, like, intersections. Little, no, like, oh, uh, uh, like, traffic like, round, yeah, like okay. a, a, a traffic roundabout. Okay. And I was like, well, since we're here and it's raining... I'm gonna drift us around some of these roundabouts. So it's me. John, this had nothing to do with a girl. Yeah, it did. That's why I was there. That's that's what, yeah, but and I was playing it off as like, oh, I know this neighborhood that has some cool roundabouts. We can drift I around. See. Okay. So it was the me. reason you were there was for the girl, but yeah. but your decision to do drifting was more of just a machismo. Hey, look, I'm a man now. I've got a car. Watch me drift around this roundabout. Exactly. So it was me, my buddy Giovanni. His, yep. his little brother, who at this time was like 14, named okay. John, and my other friend, Jordan, who at the time was living with me and my family. So John, John, Giovanni, and Jordan. Yeah. This this is straight out of a movie. So Jordan asked me, John, this is about the girl you have a crush on? Because she kind of knew that I had a crush on this girl. He's right. Like, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Keep it tight. Yeah. Don't tell Giovanni back there. Yeah, he exactly. still thinks I'm cool. Or yeah, little exactly. John back there. Little, little, little John, John, John still John. thinks I'm cool. Yeah, exactly. So... I'm drifting around, and I lose control of the car. Of course you And do. I hop up this curb. One of my tires goes flat. Oh, boy. And the front axle gets all bent out of shape. So yeah. we're all out of this car. We're about 16, 17, except for, except for John John, who's 14. Mm-hmm. And none of us can change a tire. Oh, no. Except, right. except for the 14-year-old. No. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So we're in the pouring rain. Oh, man. And he's sitting there schooling you. Yeah. Like, he I became don't... a man that day. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, Good you actually that. helped him in his rite of passage. Mm-hmm. And then I drove on that donut, that little replacement wheel, for about two months. And yeah. the car gave up the ghost. Just the engine died or something? or If you went over 50 miles per an hour, it shaked uncontrollably. I see. So and you, you rattled something in there. It wasn't safe, yeah. Right. And that was my 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 first Toyota. Your first Toyota. And I, I would almost say that getting in a, in a car accident like that is also part of coming of age. You know, they say that when young drivers should drive slow cars because they can be very reckless. Yeah. Um, and I would say, like, uh, you know, a, a rite of passage of becoming older is becoming more uh, responsible and becoming more protective of yourself and your belongings. Absolutely. Like, now I drive like an old person. Like, I drive like a grandpa. Like, I, I, I go five under the speed limit, and I put it on cruise control. That makes sense, because you've grown older, and I'm assuming you don't drift around circles now. My 98 Buick LeSabre <laughs> you can can't, actually, cannot drift around corners. I bet you, though, with the... Obviously, uh, I don't know about you, John. I don't want to speak for you. I'm not uh, mechanically... Inclined? Inclined in the least bit. But um, I'm assuming a heavy car like that might kind of drift... Better? Better. Further? Further? <laughs> yeah, like just the momentum of its huge... I suppose. Big-ass body. Just, yeah, it's a heavy car. Yeah. It's a big old car. Well, John, we've talked about a lot of foreign traditions, right? Mm-hmm. So traditions that to us as Americans seem strange. But I guarantee if you were someone living in the Amazon putting ants on your hand to, to become of age, you would be amazed at some of the traditions here in America. For instance, in some parts of the world, you have to fight for food. You have to fight for water. Um, for instance, you know, in Somalia with the whole, uh, you remember the Black Hawk Down? Oh. Uh, well, the, and the Somalian pirates, that these guys are literally putting their, their, their life out there. Of course, they're committing terrible crimes but they're, they're putting their life out there to feed their families to feed themselves in some cases and then they hear stories of in america of people dying on black friday people dying for a tickle me elmo black friday the 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 shopping air quotes holiday that's right so the shopping fiesta on the on the friday following thursday uh thanksgiving thursday um everybody knows it if you live in america you know it you know you get up either real early on Friday or maybe even the night of Thanksgiving, you go out shopping. Since 2006, there have been seven deaths and 98 injuries. And this is at Black Friday, the Friday after Thanksgiving Thursday. All related to the Black Friday shopping, that's correct. Seven deaths, 98 injuries since 2006. That seems actually pretty reasonable. Yeah? Because I feel like on on your average Friday, more people die. That's... I understand what you're saying, but this these are seven deaths that are directly related to Black Friday shopping. Okay. What other shopping event causes deaths? I don't 
really go shopping. No, and neither do I. And honestly, millions of people do this, but I don't find, I've never found someone who really legitimately admits to doing it. But somebody's doing it. Somebody They're just not admitting to, be, yeah. to doing it. I think it's Bill Burr who made a great joke about, it's like Coldplay albums. Coldplay like sells millions of albums, but no one will admit to liking Coldplay. I admit, I like some Coldplay stuff. But it's, most people just like to rag on them. You know, okay. the same with like, like uh, Creed or Nickelback. Nickelback, yeah, so the guy who sings like this. Yeah, they sell millions of albums, but you'll never find anyone who says, "Yeah, I bought that." But there's somebody out there that's that's doing it. So someone's buying those Nickelback albums. That's right. That's right. So, um, you know, the Black Friday that we really know today, uh, the Black Friday term, a lot of people think it has to do with businesses going from in the red to being in the black. Back on the block. Uh, that's right. But actually, more than likely, it started in the 50s in Philadelphia because on Saturday they have the Army versus Navy game, right? And so people would flood into the city. It's a football game? Yes. Uh, okay. College football, college, uh, college Army versus Navy. It's a huge football game held every Saturday following Thanksgiving. Okay. Um, so that Friday, the city would be flooded with people from out of town, suburbanites, all that, and they would go shopping on the day before the big game. And so the police were required to work extra hours. They weren't required to, to they, they couldn't take off. And so, and they had to deal with these masses of people. And so a lot of people, uh, some sources point to Philadelphia in the 1950s as the actual term. And it's a lot darker than what we see. Today they call it, oh, it's going from the red to into the black because they, they're trying to put a positive spin on it. But more than likely at a darker beginning with these, uh, I don't want to call them riots, but... Um, just these these shenanigans that went on in Philadelphia. Oh, there's a big difference between a riot and a shenanigan. I think it some it lies somewhere between shenanigans and outright riots. Riots. Okay, and now it's a shopping holiday we do after after Thanksgiving. Right, which still involves something between shenanigans and rioting. Okay. Definitely, in my opinion, I, I know you've worked in retail. I've worked in retail. Yeah, I don't know about. I, I used to work at a, a Polo Ralph Lauren. Mm-hmm. And they, the, the Black Friday sale, the same sale started a week before. The same with Banana Black Republic. Black Friday. Yep. So you could go in any time the week before Thanksgiving and get the same deals you'd get if you waited outside for three hours for the store to open. Yes. It was just crazy. People would still come on Black Friday expecting these extra sales. Really, it was the same shit you could have gotten a week ago. That's right. John, I've got a great Black Friday story for you. Let's hear it. Do you want to get a beer first? I do. Do you want one? I'll take the Heineken, sure. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Heineken. That's right. Boy, if we could get them. Oh, it's a big guy, too. Yeah, you left it here Uh-oh. for the last podcast. I gave you one of my IPAs, and you drank right. that. So, John, I've got a great Black Friday. Black Friday story for you. So I'm uh, probably 19 years old. You know, um, I'm in Fre- college. Fresh, young-faced. Fresh, young-faced. Um, you know, the only job I had before working in retail was working for my mom's company doing data entry. Uh, so I've never really interacted with the public, and I'm already a very shy, introverted person. So what do they have me doing uh, within the first month on the job is they have me at the front door at the midnight opening handing out coupons to the people who come in. Now, this was terrifying for me, just yeah, standing good. at the door. Greeting people as they come in and saying saying hi to strangers? As the floodgates come in. And I remember it didn't go too bad until one gentleman, and I shouldn't even call a gentleman. He was an asshole. (laughs) One asshole. One asshole. I give him the coupon, and all he says is, faggot, to me, and just keeps walking. What? Yeah. That's a weird thing to say to someone. Isn't it? It's like, this. here's this young kid just handing out coupons. Of course, at the time, I was extremely angry about it and like, you know, what's this guy doing? What the hell? Yeah, what the hell? But as I thought about it back on it, he was probably... Drunk from because this is Thanksgiving night. Yeah, he was drunk. He was pissed off that he had to be there, and he sees this little kid, and he probably just equated me with maybe the holiday or or, or whatever you call it, or with the event, and he the decided to lash you. out at me for that. Okay, but honestly, hey, I'm glad I didn't get killed because there are stories of people being trampled, you know, suffocation. A lot worse things have been happen have happened besides. Mm-hmm. No one's Be- no one's getting trampled at the Banana Republic. No. Come on. That's true. But would you think that people would just be called a, a very mean word? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That's true. Yeah, that I can understand. I've been called Republic. much worse yeah. on Black Friday. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I worked Black Friday on Polo. 
Okay. And it was a big, it was a big day, a yeah. long, like a 12, 13 yes. hour shift. And we had snacks in yes. the back. We, the owner, or not the owner, the GM bought like these big sub sandwiches for us all to share. And we had like an hour long break as opposed to the half hour. Right. So they took care of us to, to a certain extent. Right. They didn't give us coffee, which is what we really actually needed. You know what? You're right. Now that I think about it, same with us. They yeah, did needed, not. We needed coffee. Like, the sandwiches you know, were you're great, right. but I'm dragging ass over here. And actually, come to think of it, we didn't even have a coffee machine in our store. We or didn't, a coffee maker. We didn't either, and I actually asked the GM about this. I was like, why don't... Like, why isn't there a coffee machine back here? We said, yeah. like, well, I've worked in other stores that had coffee machines, and it slows down productivity more than it enhances it. I can see that. Because everybody's going back to get coffee. Everyone's yeah. taking a coffee break. Right. Everyone's waiting for the coffee to brew. God, those companies, those, what do you call it, Fortune 500 companies? Yeah, they're... They've gotten the, They've gotten it down to a science that really takes away the humanism of the employee. It does. I mean, a great example is UPS. UPS, they've figured out this amazing system where they they clock how fast their drivers are going. They even they even count the amount of time that drivers spend in reverse because they do not like their drivers being in reverse that long. And in my opinion, this puts undue stress on the drivers and it again it takes away the humanism. It takes away I have never had a job where the management helped me do that job. Right. They have only ever gotten in the way. That's right. That's why you're, you're you are your own boss now. <laughs> uh, that's why. I, what do you I, think about your management now? Yeah, that's why I started. That's why I started my own business because yeah. I'm so sick of working for other people. Right. And the best kinds of jobs I've had is where the boss gave me a list of stuff he wanted done or he or she wanted done, and then let me do that stuff as opposed to standing over my shoulder. Right. Uh, those are the best jobs I've had. This is a. It's not an American tradition. It's a. Capitalistic tradition, I would say. Yeah. I imagine most Western countries have something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's where, you know, it's all about the almighty dollar. And, you know, I definitely don't want to make this podcast all of a sudden about uh, anti-capitalism. Marxism. Yeah, that's right. I think it's something, though, to to ponder. Yeah. Well, I think we had a good run here. We had a good good conversations. That's right. Some good jokes. That's right. I had a good time talking about weird traditions all over the land. We sort of broke from our normal formula of one story per person, went a little back and forth. But I think we're a new podcast. We're finding our legs. That's right. We're we're, we're, we're discovering our own manhood within this podcast. Without the use of dangerous ants. Let's... Let's hope so. So, yeah. Unless you have some hidden that you're going to bust out at the end of the podcast. Oh, I, I, I don't have any ants. <laughs> I have a great story about circumcision. <laughs> that, um, not my circumcision, but okay. <laughs> Australian aboriginals and how they how they circumcise their, their young men and involves splitting the penis open from the bottom all the way up lengthwise and putting a flower inside of it. It sounds horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. But we've been the broadsides. <laughs> I, of course, have been your co-host, John. And as always, I've been your uh, other co-host, Andrew. There we go. You can find us online at broadsides.tumblr.com. Our email is thebroadsides at post.com. And our Twitter handle is at thebroadsides. And also feel free to like us on Facebook. I always add the sources to our Facebook page. Try to add those there and then... If you have any comments feel free to write in and if you have any personal traditions if if there are some traditions that you like to discuss uh, feel free to leave those on our facebook uh, i definitely want this to be kind of an interactive yeah. uh, podcast get some feedback so uh, thank you guys for listening hope you enjoyed it thank you